Molly King, are you ready for the podcast? Matt, you know the answer to that always, but can you just pass me some water, please? Water? I think you mean Evian. There's something special about how it comes from high up in those pristine mountains. I know Evian's the official water of Wimbledon, but I didn't know it was carbon neutral. It's been carbon neutral since 2020, and that bottle that you are holding right now, that's made of recycled plastic. Of course you've got all the facts. I love it. But should we crack on with the show? Evian's 750 millilitres and 1.5 litre bottles are made from 100% recycled plastic. This excludes the label and cap. Hello, it's Molly King. And it's me, Matt Edmondson. Neither of us have resigned yet. (laughs) And we're here between the lines at Wimbledon in partnership with Evian for the penultimate time. Can you believe it? I love the word penultimate. These championships are flying by faster than Novak Djokovic's ace. And that was 127, 128 miles per hour. It's finals weekend. Can you believe it, Molly King? No, I really can't. But don't worry. We have got you covered with everything you need to know as this year's champions are crowned. Yes, we're going to be joined by a former Wimbledon star to look ahead to the men's and women's finals. Oh, I can't wait for that. Plus, we're going to be taking you behind the scenes here at the All England Club to lift the lid on some of the preparations around the ground. It's a big lid. We're going to need all our muscles to lift it. And of course, our tennis expert, Charlie, will be Eccleshare who he thinks will win this weekend. Ladies and gents, please take your seats quickly as we go Between the Lines at Wimbledon. So here we are then, back on the roof of the Broadcast Centre. I think they're going to rename this the Matt and Molly Broadcast Centre. Is that what you're going for? So many times, haven't we? (laughs) How lucky are we though, Matt? I mean, we're right in the middle of Centre Court, Court 1. And I tell you what, the view we've got over Henman Hill, people are queuing to get on there this afternoon. People are so excited, obviously about Cam Norrie and Djokovic. It's packed out there. It looks like something from a Where's Wally book, doesn't it? Mm. There's so many people out there. Who can you spot? Can you spot the picnickers? Can you spot the real tennis enthusiasts? Can you spot the people who've been dragged along by their friends? They don't really care about the tennis, but they are banging to that strawberries and cream. (laughs) Yes, I've spotted all of them out there. (laughs) We have got so many brilliant guests on the pod this episode. So many guests. It's packed, isn't it? Shall we crack on with it? All right, let's do it. Yes, let's do it indeed. But before we do it, Matt, quick question. Heads or tails? Oh, it's a big question. 50-50, literally. Uh, Tails never fails. I I trust the rhyme. Okay, good. Go with it. I'm just practising in case our next guest needs a hand on Saturday because we've been joined by Gabby. Hi, Gabby. How old are you, Gabby? I'm 13. 13. And you've got uh, one of the most important jobs coming up when it comes to the women's final. What is it you're doing? The coin toss. The (gasps) coin toss. Oh, my gosh. So, Gabby, how did that come about? Because that's a big deal, right? Um, My counsellor, Angie, actually put me forward. And out of, like, thousands of kids, I probably got chosen. So That's amazing. Unbelievable. Do you feel nervous right now, Gabby? Or are you like, get me out there? I'm a bit of both. 50-50, actually. Yeah. Heads or tails. I'm terrified. Um, but so excited. I'm going to be buzzing the day. What's the biggest crowd you've ever been in front of before? About 300 people. Okay, so what are we talking, like a school play, something like yeah. that? Okay, so it's considerably more than 300 out there. <laughs> considerably more. Don't make yeah. Gabby more nervous, Matt, no. all right? Now, Gabby, tell me, is there a certain technique here of how you're going to do it? Have you been practising for the last couple of days? To be honest, I'm just going to flip it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah just, just literally in hand, chuck it in the air. And then do you have to land oh, hang on, it? Hang on, hang on. In hand, off the thumb, surely. Well, ask Gabby. Definitely off the thumb. Off the thumb. Off, you're going to flip it. Do you toss a coin from a I, I from do, a flat which is why palm. I was asking. You're for joking the te- me. I can't. 
not risk flicking it. You never know where it's going to so land. Hang on. So I got this in my, clear in my head. You're putting a coin on the palm of your hand. And just... And throwing it up in the air. No. It, it, it needs it, some momentum. It needs some flicking momentum. As long as it goes in the air, it's doing its thing. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> How high are you going to go with the flip, Gabby? I'm going to try break the record, get as high as possible. Yeah, launch yeah. it. <laughs> launch it into the sky. <laughs> yeah, if by any chance the roof is on centre court, <laughs> you know where I'm aiming, yeah? yeah get it up there. It's going to ricochet off, isn't it? <laughs> but what does it mean to you, Gabby, to be doing this on the women's final day? Because this is such a big deal. I know, it's... I don't know how to word it. It's just so exciting that I've got chosen. Out of anyone that could have got chosen, it was me. Totally, yeah. yeah. Are you much of a tennis fan in your normal life? Well, I watch a little bit of it, but I like playing it in school, out of school with friends, yeah. family. And is this your first time at Wimbledon? I came here a few weeks ago for like to do with the coin toss as well. Oh, great. But except from the coin toss, yeah, it's my first yeah, time. There's a big old build-up to this coin toss. <laughs> I like it, it really to get you a few weeks early. Yes, gosh, we should apply next time. I'm not sure we'll be eligible. Especially if I'm not even flicking the coin. Well, I, I was going to say, out. that is the reason you're not eligible. <laughs> because you're the only person in the world that won't actually toss a coin. You'll just hurl it palm Chuck first it. towards <laughs> the sky. Can't believe it. Well, Gabby, we wish you the best of luck with that. Not that you need it. You're yes. going to absolutely smash it out there. Uh, that leads us on, though, to our chit-chat with our next guest, Emma. Now, Emma, you can probably give Gabby a bit of advice about how to stay cool under pressure on Wimbledon finals weekend. Because tell everyone what you do. Yes, yeah, so my name's Emma and I'm the curator at Wimbledon Lawn Tennis Museum. Uh, but during the finals weekend, I have a very special job. I look after all the trophies and I look after the engravers in the engraving room. <gasps> wow. Now, you must be very calm under pressure, right? Because that is a big job. I try to be, yes. <laughs> but yes, we do have to remain quite calm in there. We have four engravers. We've actually got 79 engravings that we'll be doing over uh, the end, the, four, the finals. So, so there's a wow. lot of engravings. We've got all the runners-up salvers to do. We've got all the, tr the trophies the players take home. And then we've got the real trophies that stay here all year round as well. Wow. I love that there's an engraving room. You've got one of those in your mansion, haven't you, Molly? Oh, totally. For anyone that comes round, you know, comes yeah. round for dinner, I engrave something exactly. for them. Exactly. It's in the east wing of the <laughs> estate. Now, tell me this, because I know we're all thinking it. Have you ever seen a mistake happen? Mm. Well, that's, that's one of my jobs is I, I double check and triple check before they actually put a sharp pointy object near the trophies uh, yeah. to do the engraving. So uh, we have caught some at the last moment. <gasps> uh, so, so that does happen because it's a very tiring job and there's yeah. just a lot going on. But we've always caught them. While, while I've been here, we've always caught them before they've actually been engraved. So Spell fingers crossed. Spell Jokovic right now. <laughs> we need to know that you've got it down. Fingers crossed it will all be the same this year and they'll all go out perfect. Yeah. Can I ask a silly question, which is, is the engraving done by hand or is there a machine that kind of stamps it on? So they, they could be machine engraved, but we do choose to do the hand engraving here. Wow. Yes. So which Gosh, is actually, what a um, skill. There's not that many people who actually do it anymore. Um, so, so yeah, we have a great band of guys that, and, and girls that come in and, and do that engraving. Now, the players don't actually get to keep the trophy. Am I right there? Yes, that's right. Yes. So, so, so in the Victorian times they did get to keep the trophy if they won three times in a row okay. uh, and this happened a couple of times and then we kept losing our trophies yeah. uh, so we decided to change the rules and so the real trophies will will always stay here uh, but they get to take something home obviously yeah. uh, so they get a three-quarter size replica which is made of exactly the same material so silver and gold and they're made in the same way and they're all hand engraved as well with all these beautiful little names um, so yes they're, they're lovely works of art 
that they get to take home. So they're just a mini version. Yeah. Now, you must have been here on loads of finals days then. Just set the scene for us. How does it feel here on that day? Uh, yeah, around the grounds, it's really electric and just wonderful. And everyone's just super excited to see what the best players in the world are going to do. Yeah. Uh, for, for, for me in the engraving room, it's we have to try and keep it calm. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, quite interesting that we're in the clubhouse, so we're metres away from Centre Court, but we can't actually see what's going on. Oh so we, we watch it on the television. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, it's still amazing to be here anyway and experience it. Can I just ask you, doesn't the engraving happen literally minutes after the result is announced it's literally like right that that point's been won you're on you're going aren't you it's such, such a quick procedure yes so we, we try and get them engraved as quickly as possible and that's so that we we engrave the obviously the real trophies as well so they can go back on display as quickly as possible but then also the players get to take away their beautiful trophies and also the runners-up get to take away their salvers hopefully on the day so it's just a really nice experience for them that they get it immediately to celebrate with their friends and family with their their prize basically that's amazing I don't know who the final's more stressful for you or the players <laughs> you know what you need each other it's a symbiotic relationship we wish you the best of luck have a fantastic finals day yeah, thank you very much thank you Okay, well, it's time to welcome another guest who's going between the lines at Wimbledon. And as we continue to look ahead to finals weekend, let's bring in someone who knows what it is like to play here and to win here. Absolutely. As a junior, she won the girls' singles championships aged just 14. She made the fourth round here as a senior and won a silver medal with Andy Murray in the mixed doubles on Centre Court during London 2012. Laura Robson, welcome to Between the Lines. I mean, you've had a busy day, right? Yeah, I just always feel old when someone brings up the juniors because I, I see pictures around the grounds from back in 2008 and I look like such a little baby. Um, but yeah, it was lovely times, but very long ago. Um, but yeah, busy day, just finished watching, well, rather commentating on Cam Norrie and Djokovic. Um, I, I feel like I am just such a fan when I commentate, though, because uh, it's fun for me. It's, it's hardly feels like work. Yeah, we were watching that match as well and, and obviously people listening to this podcast would have been across it too. There was real hope going into it for Cam Norrie and obviously yeah. you know Cam quite well. When you're commentating on something like that, how much of your own support for a particular player do you feel you can bring to it? Or do you have to kind of leave that out of the door? Oh my gosh, you, you're meant to be so unbiased, which I am 99.9% of the time. And then sometimes he was hitting winners to get himself back in the match and I couldn't help a little yes yeah you know it's it's really hard especially because I, I always end up doing all the British players because I know them well so I can give a lot of good information and their background and then they hit a, a really good shot and it's hard not to cheer them on but um, I, I've had you know such a good time doing all of their matches and I think it's just been a fun two weeks of, of tennis hasn't it it's been a long two weeks but it's been a good two weeks yeah it's been incredible how is it for you kind of being on the other side of the fence now because obviously you've been out there you've played out there and now you're doing the commentating you're you know like you just said you know can really well is it weird kind of being on the other side of it now or do you enjoy this I, I really love it I enjoy it so much um, but it is weird at the same time I'm a little bit more removed from the day-to-day -day stuff now that I'm not going into the National Centre and I'm not sort of in the in the gym with them anymore or, and and training with them so I feel like I'm actually in a better place when I work because I'm I can be unbiased in yeah. a way and I'm not I'm not constantly rooting for the Brits um even though I de deep down I am um <laughs> but it's nice to just have that bit of separation and I don't see them all as much as I as I used to so I feel like I can be a bit more objective 
What sort of headspace do you think Cam will be in after that match? Because it's an amazing achievement to get to this point in the championships, but obviously uh, incredibly frustrating to be that close to a final and not get it. I'm interested in what you imagine his headspace is like. And, and also, will you reach out? Will you drop a little WhatsApp message to say, well done for getting that far? Oh, yeah, I've seen him pretty much every day. And, you know, he's been cycling in on his days off. And uh, I have seen him and his coach around the grounds. And they've just done such an unbelievable job. So every time I see him, I feel like I'm saying, well done and mm. good luck. And, and I'll send another message tonight, just say an unbelievable tournament. You know, he's, he's learned so much from the last two weeks and uh, he's played some incredible tennis. And I feel like... This will give him the confidence boost to know that he can do that again in multiple other Grand Slams. Um, so I think all of the all of the tournaments basically going to send him a message because he's such a locker room favourite and he gets on with everyone. He's really, really good to be around. And uh, I think, you know, he'll he'll just appreciate the the chances that he had on centre court it was his first time playing on centre a couple of rounds ago so this was only his second match on there today and just to have the crowd support that he had behind him because we all feel that he's really underappreciated in British tennis because you've got Andy you've got Emma and, and all these huge names and then Cam always seems to go under the radar so I feel like this is now his moment to shine and, and have the support that he deserves yeah he's yeah. very much landed on that radar oh he definitely Finally, has yeah. Yeah. it's funny though because to a lot of us who are obviously outside of the world of tennis it's a brand new name for us and we are so excited we're so hyped for him how does it feel being a Brit playing here at Wimbledon does it feel like a bit of a homecoming is it an odd one in that you've got the crowd so behind you it's it's nerve-wracking it's definitely nerve-wracking and you know that you're going to have the crowd support but at the same time because you've got the crowd support every time you miss an easy ball you also hear them groaning away and yeah and making so much noise uh, not always in a super positive way so <laughs> you're trying to play your best tennis under pressure with the nerves involved yeah and then uh, you hear you know you can be on court 18 if they show your the your match on the big screen you hear the groans from the hill as well oh, um, but it's, it's so much fun in general and I think a lot of people live locally you know we train mm -hmm. just you know 15 minutes away so everyone's able to stay at home to come in and uh, as Cam does cycle in on, on the days off and just appreciate the the feel of being surrounded by your family which you don't really get at tournaments. Uh, how are you processing that from a player's perspective are you doing lots of work in your training alongside the kind of physical and tactical stuff with your mental resilience are you mm. having conversations about if this thing is happening that's out of your control how do you recenter yourself just about everyone on tour works with um, a sports psychologist at some point, uh, whether it's full-time or, or part-time. It's definitely something that just about everyone has access to. Um, so not only the, the British Association, but the WTA and the ATP, so the main two tours, they provide that service. Um, so it's something that people are definitely starting to realise helps your tennis. And, um, you know, it's not easy being out there in front of 15,000 people, and it takes a lot of time to get used to. I, I think we saw in the key moments how much that experience helped Djokovic today. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just something that you have to adjust to, learn to. It's, it's weird, though, isn't it? In terms of the sports psychology, are there any sort of things that a sports psychologist has said to you 
that either you can apply to other aspects of your life or even that our listeners could take if they're you know having to do a speech or even getting involved in some competition in their world is there something that stuck with you i think the big one for me was always control what you can control and don't let anything else affect you that you can't change you know it's, it sounds so straightforward but once you really start applying it especially on the court it makes a massive difference because you could be outplayed on on any day you've always got a 50 50 chance of winning and losing um so you're not going to win many matches unless you're you know number one in the world you're probably going to lose more matches than you win in a year so you just have to start accepting that and um you know focusing on on what you've done well in every match and what you can do better all the time and and go from there because um it's it's a long old year as a tennis player and uh, i think a lot of people maybe don't realize that when when wimbledon's on and it's it's a really great two weeks to watch and the lead-up tournaments as well but you know a, a lot of people have already gone on to other events um and they've lost in the first round and, and they carry on so yeah it's it's a long old season and i think it, it just teaches you a lot of resilience now obviously there's been a lot of talk here today about nadal having to pull out because of his injury is that something you just get used to laura i mean how does it feel it's heartbreaking right yeah i guess so uh, some people are, are luckier and don't have as many injuries but I think everyone deals with certainly you know the odd niggle or two and um, I would say most people have had one or two major injuries and you just have to cope with it I mean Nadal's had so many now and I felt Mm. gutted for him yesterday watching his press conference you could just see how shattered he was and then I saw another video from about an hour later when he was on his way out for the last time and he went around thanking every single person that works for the tournament making sure that everyone knew how grateful he was um, that he was able to be here for the time that he had and I, I think you know that's a perfect way of dealing with it really that he's accepted it and he's going to move on and uh, hopefully he'll be back better than ever but it's, it's gutting for everyone else because I'm sure most people were looking forward to that Nadal Kyrgios match yeah, yeah that would have been amazing right I'm sure we'll get something like that I was that hoping in the for some drama I know same <laughs> we'll get it in the final that's for sure where does your love of tennis come from what is the source of your inspiration so I am from a sporty family. So my parents uh, played a bit of tennis, um, not competitively, but just for fun. And I've got two older siblings. So ev- everyone used to play family doubles. And if I was good and picked up all the balls, then I was allowed to play for 10 minutes at the end. Um, and then it started because I always wanted to be better than my brother. And he's two years older than me. So we were at that competitive age difference. And yeah. uh, that's how I got into it. And he was like a good county level player um and then as soon as i started beating him he gave up so that that was when i knew that (laughs) i want to do this so that i can continue having this feeling (laughs) so laura you'll know this but the partnership between wimbledon and evian is such a special one and the brands are collaborating again for this year's wimbledon's championship now it's becoming an iconic part of our summer isn't it you know it's a bit like the strawberries and cream which got us thinking about your own iconic moments what out of all of yours would be your favourite of those? I always go back to the Olympics, being at mm, Wimbledon, how yeah. cool it was, how fun the atmosphere was, how different it was to regular Wimbledon as well, which made all the difference to the players because you'd go out there, even wearing colours for the first time on the grass courts was cool, yeah. and, and the Team GB kit and everything. And uh, I grew up in a really big Olympics household. We, I have so many memories watching it with my mum and dad and all the different events. And um, 
uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably my favourite one. And you came out of it with a medal. Where do you keep that? My mum's got it. I never know where it is. Oh, really? Yes, but she's one of those people that hides valuables in socks or shoes. Right. And then eventually throws the shoes away. So oh, every no. now and then, <laughs> I have to just send her a message saying... Do you know where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Are you aware? But she, they, my parents live in Australia now, so um, she would have honestly no idea where it right. is. Right, okay. So if you're in Australia and you pass like a charity shop, yeah. just check inside the shoes, okay? <laughs> Please do. And then let me know. Could be a medal in there. I love how the valuables that your parents keep of yours are things like Olympic medals. My mum keeps like my year six drawing that I did, but my mum was really proud of. She that was, like, was an excellent yeah. elephant. Okay, she showed me. It's fantastic. Yeah. She's very proud of it. She traced that elephant really well. That is a framer, all right? It's very good. Now, Laura, we're going to look ahead to the Wimbledon final in a moment, but we've been asking all of our guests on the podcast to share an inspirational quote or a piece of advice that can be passed on to live again, just like our Evian bottles, which are made from recycled bottles themselves, apart from the cap and the label. So we have one of these bottles. It's it the, uh, the old classic vintage 1922 one inside is a message yes so it's a message from fellow tennis legend Mansour Barami who we had on our last episode and he's left a message for you which is very special have you met Mansour Barami I have you know what we actually played doubles together a few weeks ago oh my goodness um so much fun he is the best we loved him um what has he written down he's had an inspirational life we could have listened to him for hours yeah what nugget has he given us Whatever you want to do, try your best to do it right. And if it happens, it's great. But if it doesn't, at least you've given your best. That's very That's really good. Barami, I can it? imagine him saying that as well. Yeah. Do you think you've got something in mind? I do. Well, I do. I'm sake, playing it safe. It You're playing it safe. So don't play it. Never play it safe. Maybe Go that's wild. my. Maybe that's my inspirational quote. <laughs> never play it safe. Go wild. That's advice Put I've it in literally never taken. Drink more of what makes you sparkle. Try Evian's new sparkling water, fresh from the Alps with light, fine added bubbles. Discover Evian's sparkling water. Who needs bubbles when you can have sparkles? You are listening to Wimbledon Between the Lines and we're chatting with former tennis player turned commentator Laura Robson. Now, as you'll know, Centre Court turned 100 years old last weekend. Laura, do you have a favourite Centre Court memory? The, probably the first ever match that I played on there uh, it was raining and it was an early round I think it was a third round match and it was the first time that I played under the roof um, and I wasn't meant to be scheduled on there they sort of shuffled everything around so that I could finish my match um, and it was just so loud in there it was so loud it was electric um, I'm going with that as my favourite because the first ever match that I played on centre I lost so We'll stick with the with stick the with good the vibes. One, yeah. yeah, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so this weekend, Laura, the 2022 champions will be crowned. Who do you think will win both the men and the women's this year? It's such a tough one, but who are you going to go for? I'm terrible at predictions. Um, I predicted Simona Halep, who obviously lost, so not a great choice. She Although was, she was close. The sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah, she was close. Um, after today, I think Djokovic, and that's also playing it really safe. <laughs> I'm sure I've really pushed the boat out with that one. <laughs> and uh, I'd like on Jabir to win, just for the storyline and how amazing it would be for, for women's tennis and women's sport. Yeah. yeah. Of the two female finalists, if you were playing one of them, who would you be most intimidated by going out there? 
I would be intimidated by Rybakina um, because she hits the biggest forehands and serves ever and just seems to be ice cold the whole time. She's got nerves of steel and she came out into her semi-final, didn't show a thing, never gave anything away and closed out the match and she, she I think, smiled and that was it. There was no celebration. So, uh, yeah she's she's threatening yeah that is intimidating isn't <laughs> it, it is yeah no give, I'd give everything away out there yes I'd we be, do don't we? I would be so <laughs> desperate she's to made of slam final she's like yeah and yeah no I'd be <laughs> the, opposite. the opposite we yes. never make the finals and we celebrate all the small all the time. wins yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, Laura, we have loved chatting with you today, but we want to get to know you more. So we've got a little challenge for you if you're up for that. Yes. In honour of Centre Court turning 100 this year, the folks at Wimbledon and Evian thought we'd play a little game, Laura. We're going to put 100 seconds on the clock. I'll be honest, I don't think it's ever been 100 seconds, but no one's timing, are they? <laughs> I really? love quick fire. OK, Good. well, you're going to love this then. You really are. And that makes sense because you're a tennis player. You're used to it. <laughs> All right, 100 seconds is on the clock, Matt. Yes. You can keep an eye on that this and time I will. if you want to. Here here we go. Three, two, one. Doubles or singles? Singles. Henman Hill, Murray Mound or Norrie's Knoll? I've always, given that name. always Henman Hill. Okay. Mountains or beach? Oh, beach. Still or sparkling water? Sparkling. What's your favourite food? Italian. Who would be your plus one to the Royal Box? Um, my mum. What advice would you give your younger self? To chill out a bit more. <laughs> would you like to travel to the future or into the past? Future. Which tennis player would you most like to play against? Um, I have played a Serena and I would do it again. Favourite place to play tennis? Wimbledon. Walk, run or cycle? Walk. If you could live anywhere in the world other than where you actually live, where would it be? Melbourne. Mm. If you weren't a tennis player, what would you have been? Um, I changed my mind a lot, but at the moment I'm leaning towards events, like planning. Nice. Nice. Logistics. Uh, Favourite place to go on holiday? Uh, Australia. Picnic or afternoon tea? Picnic. Who was the last person you messaged? Um, my sister. Who would you like to get stuck in a lift with? Oh, uh, not many people, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll play it safe with my boyfriend. Favourite fictional character? Oh, um, Ron Weasley. One thing we don't know about Laura Robson. God, how is that quick fire? I don't know. <laughs> One thing. Oh, I used to play the saxophone. That nice. is good. And I think that that is time. Very good. Made what it. Could you, you nail that. You, if there was a saxophone here, what could you play us? Uh, the Simpsons ah, theme tune. Nice. That was the only one that I bothered remembering. Yeah, which has the saxophone in it. Yeah. Laura, we have loved chatting to you. Thank you so much for making time to chat with us. I know you are the busiest person right now at Wimbledon. You're off to a cocktail party now. I am. I'm going to have a Pimps, maybe some Evian as well, <laughs> just to mix it up. Got to balance these things out. Got to be done. Thank Thanks, you so Laura. Thank you for having me. What a fantastic chat from Laura Robson there. She is brilliant, isn't she? So Loved good. her. Could have spoken to her all day, but we can't, Mol. We can't because we've got the podcast to do. We've got more people to introduce and we're going to continue to look ahead to finals weekend here at Wimbledon and taking you between the lines, behind the scenes with Dan Bloxham. Hi, Dan. Hi, hey, gang. All right? Yeah, pretty yeah, good, thanks. Good, thank you. So, Dan, tell us, what's your role here at Wimbledon? Well, firstly, I, I actually lost to Laura this year at tennis, so she must be playing amazingly well in the Battle of the Sexes. So, you know, she's still got, <laughs> she's got her eye. And I, I claim if she wins this week, I'm, I'm claiming a bit of help towards her sort of career. At, uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, my job is a lovely job, really. So I'm the head coach of the club. 
Uh, and this time of year, I, I sort of change over and I become the master of ceremonies for the championships, which basically means I take all the men's matches onto centre and number one court. Amazing. Uh, and try and make it like not just a facility or an event that they go to normally, but link the club into what they do and link the club and link the members and link the atmosphere and the whole thing into just being a different event and trying to make them feel special and how excited we are you're going on to centre, uh, tell them what's happening at the club through the year, invite them back to come to tea at any point and just to try and make it a really different event. So it's it not only special because of the history and the heritage, but also hopefully the way we, we interact with the players before they get to the courts. Yeah, so in a way you're like a vibes guy. Mm. Like pre-match. That's, that sounds quite trendy for the All England. Yeah. I'll, I'll take your word that vibes guy <laughs> yeah. is, is a good thing. Yeah, you're um, like setting a nice tone. Yeah. Like environment. Getting, yeah, environment, exactly. Absolutely. Getting everyone ready. So how much chit-chat are you allowed to do pre-match? Because I, I always imagined that maybe they'd be in the dressing room. We understand they are in the dressing room together. We spoke to Stan Vavrinka about that. Mm. And we said, is there any conversation that goes on? Do they try and psych each other out? But are you in there as well, third wheeling? Uh, well, is that another, is that good or bad? So we'll have to <laughs> check on these. But yeah, definitely I'm around the whole time. But normally we do the chat in the morning. So as the teams come in, uh, you talk to them first thing and say how the match is going to be, what time it's going to be, and then just talk about what they've been doing. Uh, as it gets nearer the match zone, they do go uh, into their little groups. Yes. And yeah. nowadays it, they're nearly all in the warm-up area. So you're almost uh, bargaining when they're going to come up from the warm-up area uh, for their match. And they leave maybe... And we don't mess around with time. We've got like three and a half minutes to get there. And you're discussing you're going to come at four or you're going to come at sort of three, three fifteen or whatever the, whatever the times are. And the, the really cool bit is if I stand and wait for them to come up, that's mm. when I'm in good form. But normally I panic and fold and run down and see if they're coming. <laughs> so you must kind of see players when they're at their most nervous. Is there any standout moment that you can tell us when you've looked at a player and thought, my goodness me, this person looks terrified to go out there? Yeah, I mean, there's been the odd occasional player that's just been talking like non-stop. Uh-huh. And you know that's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even actually making much sense. So you know it's not looking good for that that particular player. But generally, just the, the normal things, they'd be yawning a lot or they'd be very quiet. Or as yeah. they come in in the morning, a lot of the players will chat and they'll say hi to the guys in the dressing room and there'd be some quite nice banter. But maybe on one of the days, there won't be any, any banter or any chat. And you can feel the team are much more tense and running around mm. and really I'm just so proud how they how they deal with it before the match but I think we're very lucky in our sport that they deal with it so amazingly well after the match yeah. and those those speeches they give after the match are just a thing of beauty and if ever I get emotional it's when the the runner-up is stayed and signing autographs or something when mm. he basically wants to go and sit under a towel in the corner yeah he's signed autographed or waited and that's when you kind of like you know you get a bit emotional you feel you know really sorry for the guy and how proud you are of how they behave yeah that's sort of winning and losing with grace it feels like a very Wimbledon thing and a very tennis thing in general yeah I'm intrigued by the rest of your year then so being a head coach for the All England Club what does that mean what are your duties well, it's it, how much time do you have? Because most dinner parties we go to, you sit down and they go, oh, what happens the rest of the year? Yeah. <laughs> and you say, are you sure you want the answer? Um, so we're a regular club. So the All England Club is a club. It's a, it's a members club. So we do everything that other clubs would do. So we play 35 matches a year. Maybe we play House of Lords, House of Commons, Oxford, Cambridge. We might play all, uh, Barcelona. We might play different clubs from around the world. So we have 35 fixtures that we have to get people to play in to start. We have to host those fixtures. We run the biggest junior outreach program, certainly in London, if not the country, where we've been to every school in Merton and Wandsworth. And we've seen over, over 250,000 children. 
uh, and we've made the Queen's speech in 2010. So wow. that keeps us quite busy to be in schools most yeah. days. Yeah. Uh, and then we would travel a little bit with the club. We've been doing events called Road to Wimbledon in Asia, where we play on grass courts in Asia. And the kids who won that used to come back here. We just, we just changed that this year. It's a new event, Play Your Way to Wimbledon. Um, and so that's another one that's very exciting. And I've just been to two grass court events in Germany, taking a bit of England, you know, it's a bit of all England to, to Germany. So I wore my whites and I coached the German kids and did some interviews with the German press on the grass courts. And, you know, so I'm very lucky that it's totally varied, but really it's just about bringing uh, the face of the All England Club outside of just here, but also making them realise we're pretty normal guys and actually we like a good time. We haven't got a bowler hat and don't carry an umbrella. (laughs) Have you got any predictions for the final? Can we ask you that? The best man will win, I think, (laughs) is always a good prediction. Um, And, uh, you know, you've got great matchups. I mean, how exciting. You've probably got, you know, different age groups supporting different players different styles I mean you've got a classic uh, match up there so you're going to have definitely different sides supporting each player and it's a really tough one to, to call because I mean Novak is such a solid player but Nick's got so many great skills I mean you know who brings their A game who brings their B game that's why it's exciting yeah well listen we will be looking out for you on centre court we'll try and spot you and say that's Dan yeah we will we Dan that's exciting he's got a great job Dan thank you so much we've loved chatting with you absolute pleasure thank you Mull, do you know what time it is? Yeah, baby, I do. It's time. I'm going to say it. Go on. To Eccleshare. Yes, to Charlie Charlie Eccleshare. Eccleshare. That's right. For the penultimate time, please welcome our tennis expert, Charlie Eccleshare, who is here to Eccleshare some information with us. Charlie, hello. Hello. How are you? Charlie, you were just on centre court for the men's semi-final. Novak Djokovic versus my man, Cam the Man. Talk us through it. Well, for about half an hour... You thought it, it was yeah, on, didn't it, you? Well, you sort of did. I mean, Cam Norrie played really, really well and won the yeah. first set 6-2 against a pretty sluggish, out-of-sorts-looking Djokovic. But you did always sense, this is Djokovic, and, mm, you know, we know what he can do. And sure mm. enough, he went into sort of lockdown mode where he's just like, you are not getting past me. He was so solid. He didn't get broken again the rest of the match. I'm not sure he faced a break point and actually came through pretty comfortably in four sets in the end but brilliant effort from Cam Norrie because he, he really gave him a scare in that first set yeah it's interesting that because we spoke about the Yannick Sinner mm. game um, a couple of days ago on the other podcast and it was sort of the same yeah. story mm. Sinner comfortably took the first couple of sets and he thought what's going on with Djokovic here and then he just built that wall up and won yeah and the same things happened. Is this a is this a known phenomenon with him that he'll take that first set a little less seriously? I mean, his ability to rebound from disappointments, he just doesn't. It doesn't affect him, or it does affect him, but in a positive way. He loses a set, or even loses two sets. And he just thinks, okay, fine, I'll have to win it the hard way. It's it's mad, isn't it? I'd love your opinion on this, Charlie, because I heard one of the commentators. It's probably last week now. Say about how. There's actually not a huge difference between the the player that's ranked at number one versus somebody who's ranked at, I don't know, 99. It's actually down to how they can cope under pressure at these moments. I mean, how much do you agree with that? 100%. You'll hear that from any coach. They'll tell you that. that, Yeah, from one to 100, the talent differential isn't massive, probably even going further down. But they'll always say that thing of like the 5% or whatever is up there is in the mind. The, mm. You know, tennis is such a brutal sport mentally. You know, you're, do, you're on your own. You're constantly 
having to answer really difficult questions, you're under pressure, you're so exposed. To do all that requires a mental resilience that quite frankly I just I can't quite comprehend this ability to never ever accept that they're beaten um, and we saw that again today I think it's going to make a fascinating final because you've got Djokovic who really is a closed book when I watched that game the other day and actually watching him uh, play again against Cam Norrie today he gives so little away you'll occasionally get a clenched fist and that's about it um, obviously Nick Kyrgios is our other finalist and he's the opposite of that mm. every single reaction yeah. is on the outside it's there to see all emotions laid bare i'm intrigued what you think those two different energies will bring to that final it's going to be so fascinating as well because Kyrgios previously has spoken about how he doesn't like novak djokovic i mean this was a few years ago but he was really baiting him and it became a bit of a um a bit of an issue. And I remember interviewing Goran Ivanovic, the former champion here, who we spoke about on the very first podcast. And he coaches Djokovic. And him basically saying, give it a rest. Like, stop getting on Djokovic's case. They're such contrasting personalities. And Kyrgios, it's going to be really interesting to see where the fans' support is. Because they've both had their issues with this crowd. Djokovic sometimes has felt he hasn't had the love here. Kyrgios is quite divisive. I think some fans love him. Some go the other way. So who kind of gets the, the fans on side? And a lot of it will come down to how Nick behaves because he can be wonderful and he can be terrible and he can be everything in between. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be... It's such an interesting contrast of styles and that's what makes it such an intriguing final. Mm. We have to talk about Nadal. Obviously, yeah. he hasn't been able to play because of injury. It's not going to be the last time we see him here, is it? A month or so ago at the French Open, it did genuinely look like the end could be really close to Nadal he's got this chronic foot issue he's taken steps to remedy that and from what he says it's been reasonably successful this is something else this is an abdominal issue and actually what was quite encouraging was that he pulled out of this semi-final because he needs to think about the rest of the year in the US Open in a couple of months but the fact that he's even thinking in that sort of short to medium term was encouraging because at the French Open it felt as if he was basically thinking the next day you know it really did feel that final so I think we will see him here next year that would be the expectation now obviously a lot can change but it would be such a shame for him to go out you know with a withdrawal and yeah. not be able to play the match and obviously he was due to play Nick Kyrgios who's now got a effectively free pass into yeah. that final do you think that that has more advantages or more of a disadvantage because obviously it's hard not to carry a sense of imposter syndrome maybe into that final if you've not had to fight in the same way that your opponent has yeah i think it's it's such an interesting subplot to all this because there definitely are pros and cons i mean physically it, it's great he do, you know it's a few hours less in the tank but i do wonder mentally you know tennis players and athletes are all such creatures of habit and you, don't, you never get this at a Grand Slam. You never get like four days between matches unless something odd like an injury happens. So it's just something you're not really prepared for. And you know what it's like when you've got something ahead. You, you just want to be really busy, actually. Mm. Like you don't want too much time to <laughs> no. think about it. And so I think, yeah, it will be very interesting to see how he copes and whether he, he overthinks it, that sort of potential downside versus the potential physical upside that while... Novak Djokovic was playing two and a half hours today. Kyrgios had his feet up in a chamomile tea. Mm. 
Sounds pretty nice, that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it does sound quite nice, yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about the women's final as well. Yes. Who's the favourite? Would it be Angebert, do you think? Yeah, I would make Jabir the favourite. I mean, you should say as well that your pick, Simona Hallett, didn't quite make it. I know, I, mean, I know. So close. Yeah. With both of them, Cam as well, both so I know, close, I know. yet so far. And But Rebecca, who beat her, beat her pretty handily. And it, that, that's an, another really interesting contrast of styles match because Ons Jabur is this very technical, lots of variety, likes to hit lots of slice and off pace and kind of slightly frazzle her opponents. Whereas Rebecca is big serving, lots of power. And she, the way she's playing is very much on her terms. She's just going out there and saying, I'm playing my game and my game is big enough to beat yours. And whether she can do that again, whether she can keep that focus, I mean, mm-hmm. for both of them, first Wimbledon final, first Grand Slam final. So that's an interesting element as well. You're talking before about the mental aspect. Yeah. Who deals with the pressure? You just yeah. don't know until you do it. Yeah. Uh, but one of them might rise to it and one might be a bit suffocated by it. So it's a tough one to call, but I would just on the kind of variety that Jabir has I think she has more of a plan B if things aren't going well I would make her the slight favourite for that and same in the men's then who would you who would you back who do you think is going to win well there's this interesting thing they've only played each other twice and Kyrgios won them both in straight sets Djokovic has never won a set against Kyrgios in those two matches that is a great stat it is a great stat I would just caveat that by saying both of those matches were five years ago and Djokovic was having the worst season, basically, of his career. He was in this sort of existential funk. Uh, and they were both best of three set matches. Wimbledon, obviously, being a Grand Slam, is best of five. And beating Djokovic over best of five is so, so hard because, like we saw with Yannick Sinner or Cam Norrie, you can win the first set, you can even win the first two, like Sinner did. To do it over five mm. against Djokovic with his mental and physical strength is really, really hard. So I would make Djokovic the favourite, maybe in four sets. And of course, Charlie, we should talk about the wheelchair tennis as well, because the finals of that are this weekend. What can you tell us? Well, the amazing story today, actually, Alfie Hewitt was 2-6, 1-5 down and came back to win. He won the tiebreak in the second set, 7-6, and then won the final set, 6-4. So he's in the final, <gasps> which is, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was on court one as well. And, and I'm told, I was on centre um, for the Norrie Djokovic match. I'm told the atmosphere was great. Tons of fans there. Uh, and it felt like a really special moment. And actually, as we record, he's playing again in the doubles uh, with Gordon Reed. So he's could, non-stop. Yeah, he on is the non-stop. Same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, oh my he's an absolute phenom. Wow. Uh, it could be a double, a double for him over the weekend. And there was other British success as well because Neil Skupski won the mixed doubles uh, again which is great. There was a bit of bad news in the men's doubles. Um, Joe Salisbury and his partner, his American partner, Rajiv Ram, they were two sets up and had too much points, but lost in five. So not all plain sailing for the Brits, but yeah, some really good results there. Charlie, we (laughs) have absolutely loved... just soaking up all your information we say it time and time again we're like where do you store all this knowledge and all this information and all the he facts he doesn't write anything down guys unbelievable this is all just coming out of Charlie's brain you anything ask him anything he'll echo share with you it's unbelievable I'd be right but I'll, I'll share it well listen long after this podcast I may you know phone you up and just ask you to echo share other things <laughs> from, what did you have for breakfast from your life with us just to uh, keep you in my life um Charlie, thank you so much. We will see you next time. Thank you, Charlie. Looking forward to it. Thank you. 
Multiclose the podcast. Would you like to hear a little tennis joke? Got a feeling I'm going to. Go on. Yes, uh, it's this. It's a wife talking to her husband. Just setting the scene mm. for you. She says, I'm leaving you because of your obsession with tennis and you're too old. Oh, no. And the husband replies, I'm only 40, love. Oh. 40, love. 40, love. 40, love. Oh. 40, yeah, Love. we get it. It's a tennis gag, it's a isn't tennis it? Gag. Good place to say it, I'd say. Well, thank you very much. But once the tournament's off, I'd say that joke's off. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I feel like it's it's certainly died quite a swift death here. <laughs> Listen, if you can bear it, please do join us again on Monday. We will be here for loads of reactions to the finals this weekend. Yes, I hope you have a great time watching that wherever you do. In the meantime, make sure you keep across all the action from the All England Club. You can find us at Wimbledon and at Evian Water on the old social media. Oh, do you know what, Matt? I am so excited and I can't believe we're at finals weekend already. But you know what? We have got more to serve up on Monday serve up so you're at it as well now there you go each year Evian give away 30 Wimbledon tickets to support a chosen community group in the UK for 2023 they've selected the Young Urban Arts Foundation who strengthen well-being and build opportunities for disadvantaged youth in London through creativity and culture The Evian team look forward to welcoming members of the Young Urban Arts Foundation to Wimbledon next year.